to you live from Woodsboro, it's the 10 Point Podcast. My name is Bruce, and there are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive the 10 Point Podcast. For instance, number one, you can never have the cold or the flu or whatever it is <laughs> that I am suffering with on these last couple of episodes. It's a big no-no. It equals death. Number two, you can never drink. Especially mixing grape and grain. I'm looking at you, Chris. Big no no. Yeah. It's it's the sin factor. It's a sin, Chris. And number three, never, ever, ever under any circumstances say I've seen the same movie before but done better. You can never say that. That's rule number three. We are the Ten Point Podcast. That is what our rules of the podcast. With me this week, all at home before curfew. First Listen to me, you little bitch. You hang up on me again and I'll gut you like a fish. It's Chris. Hi. <laughs> totally panicked from there again. And secondly, <laughs> people treat him like the antichrist of television journalism or podcast journalism. In this case, it's Andy. Especially after last week's episode, yes. Yes. <laughs> Andy hitting the, the top 10 10 point podcast moments. Until really retarded. It's yes, so well, we don't need to go back down immediately. Back down that route. It's 10pointpodcast.com. That's where you can find us and our stuff, what we do. You can find us on all your podcast apps. That's probably how you're listening to us. By any means, you can get a podcast, you can get the show. You can find video versions on Spotify and our 10 point broadcast, i.e., video versions of each podcast, on YouTube as well, where you can watch us talking. And we have funny backgrounds usually. Andy is currently parked outside the house from Scream. Stu's house. Outside Stu's house. It's still cool there. This is literally a picture of like the house from like two weeks ago, apparently. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It looks identical. I suppose you would keep it the same, wouldn't you? It's got daffodils now, though. You can see us. Like spring's coming. <laughs> Springtime. <out>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Google Ten Point Podcast. You'll find us one way or another. Before we get into this week's podcast, our highlights of the last week, what we thought, well, not what we thought, something that we saw that we would either recommend or shout avoid at in the last week. I have nothing new, so I'm willing to take a step back and take, if anyone's got anything really pertinent and important they want well, to lead off I watched with. something new. Um, people that know the podcast, we had a short window this time, so we didn't actually get to the cinema yet. However, I watched the new Netflix, um, we have a ghost film. We have oh, a ghost yeah, with Anthony Mackie, David Harbour. All right. It's got such a great premise and so much potential. Wasted, <laughs> so so wasted. That's Netflix it's, in a nutshell yeah. this year or these last few years. It's like basically it's about a family that move into a house and there's a ghost, but they're not phased by it. It's like not like a like they're not. Oh right. my god! It's literally this kid um, just records like David Harbour pretending to be a well. He has a ghost. And then they all think it's fake, but then suddenly they realise it's a real ghost, post it online, and then apparently everybody believes that, oh yeah, they've got a ghost, and it becomes like a celebrity ghost type thing. Right, okay. <laughs> so, so much potential, but David Harbour, one, can't talk in it, and the, the whole premise is they're trying to find why he died and stuff like that, and then there's some government ghostbusters that are trying to stop them because there's real ghosts, and that's pretty much the premise of the film. So much potential, and just everything was wasted on it. But it's not worth your two hours. No, and it is. It is like two or ten minutes. It probably be half an hour less. It would be a bit more enjoyable. I think so it's kind of Netflix really value the amount, of, the amount of time people spend watching Netflix. So everything they make is like half an hour longer than it needs to be these days because yeah. they know people are going to sit and watch a thing and then when it's finished, they'll go do something else. So we need to hook them for a whole two plus hours to get them 
watching it. So that's an avoid from Andy for You yeah. Have a Ghost or something it was called. Yeah, I'd say uh, it's like a, uh, you could watch if you want, but I'm not I'm not 100% sold on it. What about you, Chris? What was your highlight of it? Uh, I was say the last episode of the, the Last of Us, or the second last episode. The last week or... If you haven't watched The Last of Us, get it watched. It is absolutely banging. It's I amazing. Premiere, like all is, yeah, all I've seen is complaints about it online. Really? Uh, uh, because there's not enough uh, infected or yeah. something, isn't there? Well, it's that, and there's also a not enough of him, because apparently in the game he's a thousand times more disturbed and stuff like that. Um, and everybody's now worried that the last episode, they've got so much to fill mm. that they're not going to do it. So Maybe I'll give them longer than season two then. Well, no, apparently that season one will end where the kind of first game kind of gets up to. Right. If that is the case, you know, that episode where all the, like, infected and the big things and all that, it's going to be like that on, like, superroids. Like, just, there's going to be so much happening. Like, I think it's an hour or 20 minutes of the last episode. But I mean, I love it. I've not played the game, so I can't really complain about it. But yeah, apparently, if in the game that guy's more creepier, fucking hell, that game is sinister. <laughs> he was pretty fucked up in the, the episode. Can I just say as well, Pedro Pascal is the new uh, Keanu Reeves. The man could do no wrong. <laughs> after hit, after hit. Exactly. Well, the, uh... You do Mando, then Last of Us. It's like, what, what a combo now. I know. Always uh, kids. Jade was watching... What was it again? It's like The Good Wife or something like that. Some sort of, it's like a lawyer drama thing. Oh, I, I know. She just found it on like on Sky or something. And she watched like three seasons worth of it or something like that. And I didn't realise that it was really old. I thought it was like, oh, maybe it's from the last couple of years or whatever it was. Until I saw like looking about 20 years old, Pedro Pascal playing a lawyer in it. I'm like, oh my God. It looks, honestly, it looks like Pedro Pascal's son playing it. Turns <laughs> out the show's from like 10 years ago and all I, that. I but, think yeah. that's right. Same thing he was in Buffy. Like Buffy, he's in probably what, sort of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, he gets eaten by a vampire, spoiler alert. But <laughs> he literally looks like five year old in that. Yeah, he's an absolute baby in this thing, it's funny. Uh, okay, I'll go my highlight of the week. I, 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 n- nobody else mentioned it, Chris mentioned it passing. Mando, we'll go on to that. It was my highlight last week, which obviously for us, recording wasn't that long ago because of our weird schedule. But season, season two, episode two has come out now. And more of the same, and I still can't help but love it. It's just an awful lot not happening, but me very much enjoying it. There's only about, I think about it, the cast was about four people this week. There wasn't like nobody yeah. in the show. And two of them are monkey men on planet Mandalore. <laughs> so it's, uh, for me, I'm, because I'm not fully like immersed in this is Star Wars lore, and this is why, oh, look at this bit of Mandalore, that's really important. Like, I know bits and pieces and all that, most of which come from Mandalorian. I'm enjoying it just from, I have no idea what's going to happen next sort yeah, of thing. And I did enjoy the fact that they went to Mandalore. The legend is there's this mythosaur thing uh, from way back when, in the olden days, this ancient tale, and spoiler alert for the second episode of Mandalorian, they've just gone straight in the episode two, yeah, there's a giant mythosaur in the water, yeah, it exists, it's not a, not, not going to leave you hanging until the end, a big twist at the end, that so-and-so does this, and here's the monster coming out of the water to save everybody, it's there, we know for a fact it is there. Do we know, Andy, you might know better than, than anyone this sort of thing, the Mandalorian logo symbol thing is the head of the mythosaur. Yes. Have they reverse engineered this? As in, did way back when, when we first ever saw a Mandalorian and he had this logo on him, oh, they, was, they it, it was just a cool picture, oh, we'll put this cool thing on him, and then they just made this 100%. whole mythology afterwards. The first thing was Boba Fett, and they had that logo, and then literally there was a cartoon made in the holiday special, 
which he got a little bit more backstory of Boba Fett. And then after that, it's just all books. It's like that was <laughs> comic books, and now it's now it's a canon. Yeah, the uh, what do you call it? rebels but and Clone Wars. The one thing I was thinking when I was watching that episode, I was like, ah, so they've basically just stolen the story of Lord of the Rings. They've dug too deep and they've made. <laughs> yeah, I kept making Lord of the Rings references to Jade when it was happening. Ah. So it's like the mines of Mandalore. Oh, I remember this. That's where Gollum is. I need to. You go yeah. to the door and you say "friend" and "elvish." That's how you get into the mines and all. Yeah, it's never the same. It's like you had like that. Like, well, you had the monkey guys, but then you had that random like weird robot thing, which is Gollum. Yeah. Then, oh, but by the way, I fucking shit myself. That thing popped up. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Like jumped. But, uh, yeah. but yeah. Uh, again, perfect. We discussed before the podcast briefly Mandalorian, but yeah, they milked an extra 10 minutes out of it this week by just repeatedly doing the same thing over and over again, but it still is equally grip- gripping each time it happens. I did like the, the 10 minute Baby Yoda segment that we got. He just, he just showed his true colours. He, uh, it does. I think a, a solo Baby Yoda show might work on that evidence. I am quite afraid that he's going to start talking soon, Grogu, and oh, I think that might spoil things. First words will be, this is the way. You reckon? I think that's going to be the I first thing. Like when he was talking to the little mechanic, I thought he just said pint. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he did. I just thought he wanted a pint. It's, it's been to Eve. He wanted a pint. I don't mean to uh, completely disagree with you, Chris, but surely his first word is going to be something like daddy or something like that at Mando, isn't it? It's going to be like, it's going to, and it's going to make everybody melt and cry because of this father son <laughs> bond here. It's going to be 60. Can't be doing it. That's uh, it's a bit weird. Well, I should be talking about now then if he's 60. It's gonna be this in the way. Cool, Eleanor. Yeah, he needs to have a little helmet first. I want that before anything else. This is before that happens, Bogotan's gonna die and he'll say, This is the way. Ah, he might do. <laughs> he's gonna end up ruling Mandalore by the end anyway. I think called Grogu. Right, no more Mando talk until at least the next episode. Um, <laughs> on to point one, the point of the podcast this week. The point is. The 1996, and I've got, I've got one for Andy always complains, so the 1996 terrifying, thrilling, dark horror Scream. That was taken from that's, Amazon Prime. That's for those... Uh, dark those horror? A dark horror, which is not. Is it terrifying? Probably not. Is it thrilling? Probably is. But yes, the horror movie, Scream from 1996, written by Kevin Williamson, who I did not realise had such a great back catalogue of things that he wrote and created. These are all things that he wrote or created. Scream 1, 2, and 4. So it's already good in my book because the third scream is the worst scream. So 1, 2, and 4 screams. I know what he did last summer and The Faculty. So that's his 90s right there, basically, is those horror movies. He created Dawson's Creek, which is pretty random. That's what I have later on, I think. Right, okay. Uh, Chris is obviously modelling a haircut from Dawson's Creek as we speak at the moment. (laughs) Uh, he also created the following, the kind of cult sort of uh, Kevin Bacon drama from about I don't know, 15 years ago. The following is worth a, worth a look, the following. And he created the Vampire Diaries as well, which a real mixture of stuff that he created there. But yeah, a whole bunch of things that Kevin Williamson, who I'd never sp- specifically heard of before this, directed by Scream was Wes Craven, legendary horror director. These are all things that he has directed. The Last House on the Left, The Hills Have Eyes, A Nightmare on Elm Street, and the first four Scream movies, which he is the main man behind. He is the... He's often given the tag of genius when it comes to Scream. That's Wes Craven created Nightmare on Elm Street and the Scream movies. Scream stars. I've got our main four stars here. As Sidney Prescott, Neve Campbell. Famous oh. for Party of Five, which in some way got her cast in the movie. 
The Craft, which came out the same year as the first Scream movie. And she's been in the subsequent four Scream movies since then. Uh, also famous for being in Wild Things and House of Cards. Yes. She was in a good That's chunk. A movie, by the way, that is. She was in a, a good chunk of House of Cards, which I've never seen. Um, but I imagine she was quite a big role in it. Co-starring as Gail Weathers, Courtney Cox. Famous for being in Masters of the Universe, which hey. I've done on the podcast before. Most famously for being in Friends. I'd forgotten she was an Ace Ventura pet detective. Around oh, yes, yeah, so she is. Around the same time as this and Friends and all that. She's been in Screams 1 through 6. Spoiler alert for the fifth Scream if you've not seen it yet. She is in the new one. I had to mention it because she's in a whole bunch of it. Andy would say otherwise. Cougar Town is Courtney Cox. Most famous thing outside of Scream sure. in recent years. Next on our list of, uh, of cast and characters. <coughs> go, go on, there we go. go, go on <coughs> As Deputy Dewey Riley, David Arquette, in so probably good. his most famous role. Screams 1 through 5, Never Been Kissed, Ready to Rumble, former WCW World Heavyweight Champion, David Arquette, need to put that on his uh, little CV as well. Eight-Legged Freaks, and then a big gap where he, he was kind of not cool anymore. And then he was in Spree from a couple of years ago, which Andy and I very much enjoyed watching, which is, I would definitely oh, recommend. Oh, that was a good film. And finally, I had to put someone else in, Saput, as Billy Loomis, Skeet Ulrich. I feel like we're never going to cover old Skeet in any too detail after this. Yeah, that's where this bad boy's come from. <clears throat> that's where the haircut is. I reckon he's come back after this. He might do. Uh, his career definitely peaked in 1996 because he followed, well, he. In Scream was following up also being in The Craft, uh, like Neve Campbell was. So the two of them were both in The Craft and Scream in 1996. He was in As Good As It Gets, the Jack Nicholson film. And then his main roles seem to have been, I've seen none of these, Jericho, the, the TV series from, I guess, 10, 15 years ago, Law and Order Los Angeles, and then Riverdale. He's in most of Riverdale, which I've, I've never bothered with, but he, I, I'm assuming he's one of the main parts in that by looking at his... Uh, Episode number for Skeet Ulrich, but yeah, that's that's his career in a nutshell. There, not 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 awful lot of highs. Scream in nineteen ninety six made on a budget of fourteen million dollars, a very low budget. But then horror movies don't need a, a massive budget necessarily. Opened in the US six million dollars in its first weekend on release. Final US gross just the one hundred three million dollars by the nice. end. <laughs> It did, and it worldwide, 173 million worldwide. So that's why there are six of them, because people like it. It is still the adjusted for inflation. I think it's in the top five horror movies by, uh, by box office or something like that. And I think it was the slasher with the highest uh, budget. Uh, oh, worldwide this group. is a horror film. I know it is. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's a horror film. You're right. Uh, it's slow start might have been because they brought it out on the 20th of December 1996 in America, intentionally to compete with the kind of family-friendly release time. Like everyone's going to see Christmas movies. Where are I don't know young 20-somethings and teenagers? A I hate no Christmas in this, does it? No, I was not, not even one suggestion of being a Christmas movie. But it didn't come out in the UK until the 2nd of May the following year, 1997. That's a good six months in between releases, which meant that it was the 1997 awards season for Scream. 97 Oscars, zero nominations. 97 Razzies, also zero nominations. Most of the films we've picked this season so far have been shutouts in both of those, I think. 1997 MTV Movie Awards, they've, they've chimed back in. There's a couple of nominations for Scream. Best Female Performance, Neve Campbell, lost to Claire Danes in Romeo and Juliet, which was... <sighs> 
bit of a random one. <laughs> Good scoff from Chris there. And nominated for Best Movie, uh, Scream was. It was the winner. It won oh, the nice. MCB Movie Award for Best Movie in 1997. So this has got that going for it. But the main award season we care about, uh, more ceremony, the 1997 Saturn Awards for Scream, six nominations for Scream oh. at Saturn Awards. Best Writer, Kevin Williamson, he was the winner. He won Best Writer at the Saturn Awards. Best Supporting Actor, Skeet Ulrich. And I'll also put in Best Supporting Actress, Drew Barrymore, which is a belter of a nomination. Both of them lost, and both of them lost to actors from the same film from 1997. Losing to Skeet Ulrich, lost to Brent Spiner for Star Trek First Contact. And yeah. Drew Barrymore lost to Alice Kriege. Or Craig for Star Trek First Contact. Huh. That, that might be the first I've heard Star Trek First Contact mentioned since 1997. That film completely gone. <laughs> no, no reference to that. Anymore. Star Trek films. It's all about the series these days. Exactly the series these days. Uh, three more nominations for Scream. Though Best Actress Neve Campbell. She won for Best Actress. Best Director our main man Wes Craven. He lost to Roland Emmerich for Probable future 10-point podcast movie, Independence Day. I can't believe we've got this far with it coming up yet, but it will at some point. And the final nomination, Best Horror Film at Saturn Awards, Scream, of course, was the winner. It won. So three out of six it won at Saturn Awards. It's not a horror film. It may not be a horror film. Uh, Twelve award wins in total it had across all awards ceremonies in 97. So not too bad. Synopsis for the film, written by Joss, a new contributor. None of our regulars. I don't know. They haven't... Season. You'd have thought they'd have done Scream. That's, it shouts out that they've done that. So, Scream goes as follows. A year after her mother's death, Sidney Prescott and her friends started experiencing some strange phone calls. They later learned the calls were coming from a crazed serial killer in a white-faced mask and a large black robe looking for revenge. His phone calls usually consist of many questions. The main one being, what's your favourite scary movie? Along with... Or twice. It does do it twice, but yeah, a lot of this is... It doesn't start every phone call in what's your favourite scary movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, along with some scary movie trivia, ending with bloody pieces of innocent lives scattered around the small town of Woodsboro. And that's the end. This guy yeah. is the first <laughs> Yeah, he has pretty much equated what happens in the first phone call. That's what the rest of the film is about. Yes. Uh, and also saying that the... Uh, what did they say? They later learned the calls were coming from a crazed serial killer. At what point did they work out that they were coming from a crazed serial killer? Like, I feel like it was pretty much the end of the film when they worked out it was a serial killer. Yeah. Anyway, who Still picked? Out. I picked the movie Scream. It fits my theme, and I wanted to pick it because the new Scream movie was coming out, and I thought, oh, let's do a, let's do a horror movie. Too. again. <laughs> well, you'll have time to think about it in the end. It does fit my theme. My theme isn't the best this season, and I might be lenient with your guesses should you get near it. Okay. Had I seen it before, I, of course, had seen this about 10 times before. What were you guys? Yeah, I've seen it. Plenty of times. A bazillion plus a three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, of course, I only just watched it. Um, I didn't watch it in 97, so I reckon I saw this probably about five years after it came out. I didn't see it straight away. In fact, no, I, I would go as far as to say I had seen at least one scary movie before having seen Scream, I think. Oh, no, see, like, this, but this was when my mum and dad watched this all the time. I remember this kind of, this and Freddy Krueger were probably the two scary things, and I do remember, like, Freddy Krueger just, that was shitting me right up. Right, yeah. Kind of scared for you go to sleep, where's this? Just like, <laughs> idiot bailing in a mask. It's a teen movie, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, which channel would we normally find this on? Just like channel. 
I feel like it's Channel, channel 4. 4. Channel 4. Maybe E4 might be the one. Uh, which version did we watch? Now, I have owned this on Prime, as in I have, like, the video available for streaming that I bought at some point. So I watched the 111-minute version of it, which is basically the uncensored cut where they were able to keep extra bloody and extra gory bits in, but nothing changes the story. Um, the other ones are 106 minutes long. It's a wee bit reduced gore. Um, literally, it's extra shots and people being bleeding. The ma- most important difference seems to have been when Tatum goes up in the door. In the longer I, version, you can see her head getting squished slightly. And I think I watched that one. Well. That seemed blood splitting out. Yeah, so there's very little. No storyline changes whatsoever. Uh, okay, point two. I'm going to have a good coughing fit, so someone else can start <laughs> off with high points while I sort myself out here. Well, it has to be the opening of Drew Barrymore getting... Like, I, a, I would say I it's definitely one of the most iconic openings films ever. Yeah. yeah. I forgot how gory it was watching it. It's been a long time since I've I seen it. I forgot how long it was. Like, yeah. I, I was like just in one scene, but she's in it for ages. Yeah. yeah, 15 minutes of just, like that like build up and like they do it really well the first 15 minutes just like all right yeah okay all right here's a bell end and then here he is he's like killer straight away which you never normally get it's yeah. only like as we know from krampus times 40 odd minutes in before you see the bit the main the main guy yeah yeah those are the implied like you build up build up build up and then in another movie she'd open the door and be like <gasps> and then it would go scream across the screen yeah. to be like, mm. but in this film you full on there he is he's running out in the garden with a knife trying to stab someone yeah. like, they show you. I bet I really like her initially showing you that nobody was outside in the garden, and then she goes about her, the house. You get real feel for what the space is, and then I she comes back. And I have like a small issues is they seem to work really fast. Like she flicks the light off, and then there's no like on, there's nobody there. Off like two minutes later, there's a guy there tied up, and that's well. Like my only flaw is they seem to work uber fast. The killers. Yeah. Well, one of them is like. I tried to later oh, on. I tried. To, I tried to track later on Billy and Stu's kind of movements, as in they are two. Spoiler alert for Scream: It's yeah. Billy and Stu. The two of them are the serial killer working together. I tried to track who killed who because there's a lot of. It's the first time I've watched it fully remembering well, what happened. So we'll see what comes up. But that first one, they definitely are both there. See, I always, them, I always thought one was on the phone while the other one was being the killer. Yeah, and then doing stuff, but I didn't realize like I tell you both what, dressed in the, the mask. If 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 I was the killer here, right, and I had to do the phone call and run around at the same time, I'd be fucked. I'd be knackered. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes sense. One person just does the call, and another person does the run around the house. Yeah, it's a bit, it must be difficult to kind of plan it, like, to, to improvise because one of them has to be on the phone and. But you, if you're on the phone to Drew Barrymore, for example, you can't be on the phone to the other guy saying, I've got the back door, I've got the back door, I've got the front door, I've got the front door. <laughs> it has to all be meticulously planned beforehand. I've seen imagine what I'm like, calling as well. Yeah. 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 She just didn't, um, like, answer, like, she answered the first time, oh, you got my number. Oh, okay, bye bye. And phone's back. Yeah, fuck it, just leave it. That's it, film's ruined. Nothing happens. Yeah, I, uh, I'm stealing this off a person on Twitter. I, I don't know who it was, it wasn't a famous person. They were talking about the new screen movie coming out and they were joking around and i totally agree with this why ghostface is the scariest horror movie villain because he actually wants to speak to people on the phone 
and that that is the scariest thing possible. <laughs> this is what kind of person wants to talk to somebody on the phone. Oh, the horror of it! And that's yeah. He uh, he phones her like six times in a row, and she just keeps answering. But she's she was definitely up for a bit of chat. Like she must have had a yeah, boring yeah. night planned with her her dead boyfriend. So uh, she just kept going. A very very good scene though. And I personally I very much enjoyed the whole horror movie trivia game that you played with her. It was a good trick question that you got her with. What I love about the fact that Drew Barrymore's in it is that they used her to like suck people in. Yeah. I had a, I had a Google around the internet trying to find I was like original Scream 1996 movie poster to see if they had her front and centre on the poster to be like, it's a Drew Barrymore film, come and watch it. But it, it wasn't really... On any poster I could find, it was always and Drew Barrymore with the names. And it was... They were all pretty much equidistant, equal-sized on the poster, so... But yeah, I remember the trailers from being when I was young. It was all about that first scene. That's what the trailer was. And yeah, they've wiped out. To kill out the main person immediately is, is always a good way to go with the film. The posters that I've seen had him with a beard as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm still confused Cle- when I was watching that film. Clearly just cheaply <laughs> made. It's like, oh, damn, we never got good photos of Skeet. He's filming something else now. Ah, all right, let's go, let's go take a picture of him. <laughs> Yeah, really bad. But yeah, the first scene is, like I think it was Andy said, almost perfect, timeless, flawless yeah. opening scene of a movie. It gives you everything you want to know about Scream straight away. Uh, my next high point is the next attack by Ghostface, is what I've got. Where he uh, the phone call to Sydney. Or... Yeah, the Sydney yeah. one. Yeah, After her hour and a half nap in the evening that she has, which I'm still not sure why that's in the film. So, like, Sydney's just wandering around the house on her own. Oh, I'm, my dad's gone. I'm just wandering around. And the sun's setting outside and all that. And phone call to to Rose McGowan and then all that and then hangs up and she just looks at the clock it's quarter to six settles down on the sofa the sun <laughs> is down and then she gets woken up again looks at the clock and it's quarter past seven and they're like why did you have to tell me like an hour and a half has passed what's the significance of that it's dark now that's what you're wanting but yeah that attack um where we find out that yeah this is a serial killer it's happening and then obviously Ghostface appears and she kind of fights him off. And then Billy appears straight away and immediately, oh, Billy's the lead suspect for this. He's He's got a mobile phone. And then you get the bit where she runs to the door and for some reason, Dewey's standing facing the door with the mask <laughs> in his hand. <laughs> or, or a jump scare there. Uh, uh, but yeah, a good a good second attack. Uh, in the I love that she just calls them out in their shit. Just like, you can't see me. I'm standing with a finger up my nose. I'm not doing it. You can't see me. I'm just like, I'm assuming it was Billy that was the the ghost face guy because he probably knows that house better than I think that was Stu Billy. Did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but also there's the bit I don't know if you guys noticed this. She goes to like the wardrobe at one point, and there's like scary movie noise happens when she goes to the. And all she does is open the wardrobe. I know she puts something in. Oh, there. Yeah, like and it's just her opening and closing. It's like why was that so scary? Are we to think maybe? That there is a ghost face kind of cape in there. Was Billy hiding in the wardrobe or something like that? It was weird. It was just really random noise. It's not like you could just see him hiding like this with a knife out, hiding in the corner of the wardrobe. It's just a random, oh, horror movie noise, and then nothing happens. So I, I don't know if that's a little Easter egg as you're supposed to see him hiding in there. But yeah, I reckon that was Billy that was running around at that point. But yeah, also a good scene, I would say. Mm. Any other high points? I saw a high point, but. He just looks like a fucking killer. Like he has got murderous eyes. He does. No, that, that, that's like that's a definitely coming to a low point. 
like his face is just killer face. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, a bit of a giveaway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do not trust this man. My other high point is actually the chemistry between Stu and uh, what do you call him, old Jamie Kennedy. Like, right. Okay. On yeah. the the video store. The, the yeah. video shop. Like they seem to like each other, and then like the next scene, like they fucking hate each other because it's almost like Jamie Kennedy's working it out. And he's like, wait, and then he has this big rant. It's just like they two are actually brilliant together, like trying to play off each other. My theory would be it's hard, hard to spend any time with Stu without him doing your absolute nothing because he's really <laughs> he's at a hundred out of a hundred all the time with Stu, and I think that it was just he's just ground him down. I think. That's yeah. The... <laughs> anyway, that video store scene is just like I just loved it. It's just like yeah, he's like because like knowing like like all the way through. I remember watching this film. I had no idea that Stu was any part of it. Like old Billy Loomis, like hundred percent. It's like yeah, you're a fucking killer. But you just like you look it back, it's like actually no, you are you the psychopath. See a lot of glances at each other as well. Yeah, it's just like oh, you are like you are the nutter of this film, like so subtle, but you're doing everybody's head, and it's like you can't tell he's just gonna stab everybody. The um, I'm already thinking that Randy actually solves the plot of the film in the video store. Like I think he's like yes, he calls it, and that's yeah. why he gets pissed. Yeah. Like Billy, he must obviously it's him that's doing it, and this is the reason why, and this is the reason why, and this is the reason why, and it's like he does that all the way through, does Randy? Like, Very yeah, much, yeah. Uh, one high point I've got, very small one. I very much enjoyed the janitor dressed like Freddy Krueger in the, the whole thing. I've never out, noticed that before until this viewing. <laughs> and then I found out it was Wes Craven that was playing the janitor. Was it? Uh, in the cast, it's Fred the janitor as well. It's not just the janitor, Fred the janitor, played by Wes Craven, which is brilliant. Uh, but then I'm, I'm at the party now. Yeah, like, that's I'm, my last high point. Uh, and not last ball. The, the section in which yeah. the high points come. Uh, immediately, Tatum's death in the garage. Tatum's death in the garage door is the most memorable death, I think, for all of the Scream movies. Because that's one, it feels like it should be in a scary movie because it's kind of funny. But I, I remember it as being that that's the Scream death. It's hard getting jammed in the cat flap going up to the top of the door. That's why if I'm at a, a, something in the garage, I'll wait until that fucker's all the way up before I move. Scream <laughs> starts to like, ruin things for me now. You don't want to gamble. No gambles. Yeah, at uh, the party, so high point of the party is actually that 30 second delay. It is a oh, yeah. Delay. I absolutely yeah. love it. It's a just, very good uh, uh, tension builder, like suspense builder. Of that's the thing. It's like they mentioned it right at the start. And it's like, all right, and he's watching. And it's like, wait, there's all this killings going on. And then suddenly it's like Gail just runs down. And it's like, wait, there. He has no idea. And it's like, he's already dead. It's Ooh. also good for. Oh, you completely forget about it. Yeah, you still yeah. also, it means that you can't quite necessarily be certain of who is and who isn't innocent. Because they yep. could be in two places at once because of this delay, which is well, really good. I figured out that the last point, obviously Billy's been stabbed by, well, stabbed. So this is all stewed and all this, and he is absolutely everywhere because yeah. he always pops up everywhere. He could technically, Billy, have put on the cloak, done some stuff, and then gone back up again. I've got to commit it on my low points, some of the the planning that went into this here. But you're right, yeah. Stu is absolutely gunning it at this point because he is everywhere. Apparently Speaking there's of, one, sorry, there's one bit where I'm positive it's Matthew Lillard coming out and I'm like, that's the giveaway it's Stu. Nobody else moves like that. But apparently there's only one time in the entire film where one of the actors actually was Ghostface and it was one bit kind of near the end where Skeet Ulrich crept up behind uh, Jamie Kennedy, I think. And he was like, at some point I need to be Ghostface. Can I please just do anything? So they gave him like a tiny little bit, but I'm positive Matthew Lillard is playing Ghostface because of the kind of limbs and the way he moves around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was just mentioning Stu, like, 
the, the last half hour with him, he just steals the show. Like when they, the like the the twist that it's them and they're talking about how they killed uh, Sidney's mum and all that, and they said, right, let's make it look good, stab each other, and they stab him too much, and he's just like, how did you kill me, man? He's just lying on the phone, like dying, like bleeding out, and then Billy just cracks him with the phone. <laughs> which, uh, which was a, a blo- which was a blooper, of course. That wasn't supposed to happen. Uh, yeah, it was. I was an accident when the phone landed on him, and the like Lillard's response as much and just kept it in the film. It cracks me up every time. <clears throat> yeah, you're right. Matthew Lillard's overacting is fine when he is revealed to be a psychopath. At yeah. that point, I'm like, ah, this works now. For the previous hour and a half, you've been a real just pain, and I couldn't suffer you but now that you're at the video story is just because random noises he's like yeah it annoyed me there but the last half hour or so he's just he nails it when he's able to be unhinged it it works really really well yeah really good uh personally the rules to surviving a successful horror movie is a high point for me uh i love a you know I love a wee monologue and when it talks into the rules of films. So they are, not what I said at the beginning, which is the rules of the podcast. You can never have sex, never do drink or drugs, and never say, I'll be right back. And that's true. These are the three. Like, If you watch any horror movie between about like the 60s and Scream, these are all facts that you can't do any of these things. It's very good. It's definitely a high point for me. So I've got a couple more, only a couple more high points. Any others? No. Yeah, <coughs> and we kind of covered them on broadly. Uh, Randy commentating on Halloween while Ghostface is behind him, which is basically the next <laughs> bit of the rules. I very much like that with him. It's silly, but I enjoyed it. And then, pretty much what you said before, before Lillard gets his showing off time, the death of Billy until Billy is revealed to be the killer is a real good bit where you have half a dozen characters and they all kind of run in and out of each other's scenes. And it's like you follow Gail for a bit. And she runs out, drives out into the road, and there's Sydney. And instead, he runs back into the house, and here's Randy. And then here's Billy coming down the stairs. And it's like it's a good sort of everyone coming in and out of each other's scenes. It's a really good stretch. And then we get uh, Billy and Stu revealing the plan at the very end. So yeah, the last chunk of the film is is, is really really good. Low points. What we thought the worst bits and things is point three. Uh, I'll just lead off. All right, when you go. No, no, you you lead off. Scary movie has ruined this film. Literally, scary movie ruined Ghostface is the first four yeah. words I've got at no point. So I can't I agree watch with this without thinking like things are going to happen. Like at the start, when you see the car come down, I was like, oh, this is where her dad's getting a blow job. Nope, that's fucking scary movie. Nope, wrong film. <laughs> and then there's the bit um, in Sidney's room, and I was like, oh, yeah, James Vanderbeek is this one. Nope, that's fucking scary movie again. <laughs> and there's just little bits like that. It's just a constant problem. Let's think this has happened when it's not. It has worked backwards as well. Because obviously we know what happens at the end of Scream. It turns out it's the two kids. So therefore, it's not some superior being that's doing the killing. It's just mm. two guys. So because they're normal people, plus with Scary Movie making a fool of Ghostface, it actually makes them quite hilarious because they're quite useless. Like every time they try and kill someone, whoever oh, they kill gets gets the better of them at some point. Like. Drew Barrymore was doing a successful job of kick, uh, kicking him in and just at the last moment got killed. Sydney fights off Billy at some point. It's like, they're quite terrible at doing the killing. And it's like a couple of nut shots, whacking into doors. Like there's one pit where someone opens the fridge door 
Ten bucks yeah. Goes straight to that. It's like that's a scary movie scene. That shouldn't be in Scream. It's it, it's not that. It's too stupid to be in this more serious version. But of course, uh, this is a satire and a parody itself. It's not yeah. meant to be serious. It was a bit when um, Billy comes through the window and he drops the phone, and I thought, I'm sure he dropped the gloves or a knife. And I was like, that's a still one fucking film. Yeah. <laughs> but that that is my actual first low point is Billy coming through the window because. I don't know how many times I've seen it. Like, even the first time, I was like, "He's the killer," and I, I was done. No matter how many times they tried to get me thinking he's not the killer, he was the killer. Because look at that face behind Chris. It's <laughs> my nice little point as well. Like, I know it's easy seeing it now because we've watched it that many times, but it's so obvious when you see them kind of little glances and they're talking individual story. With no, it was um, yeah, Stu was asked by Tim, "How do you gut somebody?" And he says, "Oh, you just go from the ground straight up." And I was like. You've just told him how you're doing it. That scene's really good because anytime Stu speaks, Billy throws him a look Aye. to be like, what are you doing? Oh, you moron. Why are you trying to give it away? It's really funny. Uh, whereas, out of context, it could just be Skeet or like kind of brooding and being moody. Yeah. And, oh, this idiot over here. But yeah, it, it, uh, it's, it's tough it. when you know what happens. When Billy, I'm assuming it's Billy that killed um, Tatum. Uh, aye, Tatum. He walks in the door and just shoots... Um, Thing about look like, yeah, it's done. It's your turn or something like that. Yeah, basically, yeah. At that point, it, it's kind of a giveaway. See, uh, here's I'm... another one before somebody steals it, right? You probably don't have it, but I had to ask Chantel on why Drew Barrymore at the start, because every other Scream franchise has, like, there's a reason for a killing. Do you, can you guys tell me the reason why Drew Barrymore dies? Because it took yes. me a while to work out. Yes, uh, she was the, my perception. I feel like I've had more details. I don't know if Scream Two or Three explains this, but something. Drew Barrymore's character used to go out with Stu, yes. and I believe they had a similar situation as what Billy's suffering with uh, uh, Sydney at the moment. So well, this is why their, their incel yeah. sort of partnership bonded is we can't get any. The world is against us. Let's turn into horror movie villains. So that was that's my belief, Andy. I don't know. If yes, that, that is it. But it took me so long to work out because it's like <laughs> it's all about Sydney's mom and like you know, like what they did, like or like their mom did to her dad and that, and it makes perfect sense. But it's just like Where does she fit? I completely forgot about it. And you go to every other scream, it's like everything starts with Sydney, and the only thing that Drew has any relation to is like she sat next to her in like English class. English. Yeah, it's it's her boyfriend. I feel bad for because he is the most removed. Like yes. he just gets killed because he's currently going out with his ex girlfriend, basically. If you know. But then I don't know if that's because Stu is like, oh, that could have been me or whatever, and then I'm going to kill him as well. It just seems like that that first scene was just Stu going off the rails and going, I'm just going to do this because that's part of my plan. Well, see, that's the link, and they never say that in the film. That's what happened because you found out, Andy, obviously. But one of the things Wes Craven and, and the writer Williamson were saying is that they they wanted to have a movie where, oh, it was them and the studio discussed, they wanted the killer to have a motive. So, But also they wanted, in their film, to not have a motive. They just wanted to be a crazy person. Mm. But the studio was like, no, no, there needs to be a reason for this. We need the people who are watching to work it out and be happy that they worked it out and all that. So they went with both, where Billy has a motive, as explained, that's, but then Stu is like peer, peer pressure. That's why I've done it, and that, that's the only reason he did it. But Stu kind of gets explained into it, so he kind of has the motive too that it's killing off all the women who wouldn't, I don't know, give them any action. Yeah, 
But yeah, um, no, just watching the first time, it's just like you have to really work that out. And then when you watch the rest of the streams, you kind of you kind of get it. But like I said, most yeah. most kills should be to do with Sydney. Yeah, exactly. It all, all comes back to her in the end, basically. Mm. Uh, a couple of small low points I've got. Uh, someone in this film, I think it's Sydney. It's deja vu all over again. I've just got on my notes, stupid Americans, exclamation points. <laughs> Americans seem to want to say deja vu all over again. It's never, <laughs> it's never just deja vu. That's because they don't it, understand French. Exactly. Deja vu literally translates as already seen. So if you're like, <laughs> oh, this is deja vu, that means, oh, I feel like I've seen this before. I've already seen this. So when you say it's deja vu all over again, now in Scream 2, she could have said it feels like deja vu all over again because... This would have been deja vu to the first murder. So <laughs> deja vu all over again means a second coming of deja vu. So yeah, Americans always do this. They always say deja vu all over again. It's like, no, it's not what it means. So that'd be another one. I don't know if this is a classic famous line from the film or not. To absolute fans must love this. Cindy goes back to school after the attempted murder. Back and the reporter that. runs up to her and says very aggressively, how does it feel to almost be brutally butchered? The people want to know they have a right to know. Like, do they? It's like, what? Are they just like, oh, sick of these news outlets not letting us know what it's like to almost be brutally butchered? It's like, so bizarre. I don't know if it's like, I don't know if that's a bit of satire on the media. I'm assuming it is. But Also, after all that killings and stuff like that. Sure, you know, shit, I'm not going to school next day. Yeah, 100%. I would not be going to school. Even Billy. Why would Billy go to school? He's been in prison overnight. <laughs> it's mental. Uh, I've only got one more low point, and it's right at the very end of the film. So if anyone's got any before then, fill them in. It's not really a low point. It's just, I, as much as I find Stu dying like, funny, I, the last bit does get a bit silly, like you were describing before. Kind of takes yeah. you out of it a little bit. <clears throat> just before that is my, my low point. Can you explain to me why they fake Billy's murder when they do? So he doesn't seem like a suspect or something, I don't know. To who? Because they're going to kill everybody else. Over there. That's the point. <clears throat> it, make, it feels like it was there for a film and not for actual reasoning. So what's yeah. making any sense? It's just the two of them in that room with Sydney. The pair of them could have grabbed her and killed her and then yeah. done the same thing and, like, give him a couple yep. of stabs. Why fake kill Billy in front of Sydney to then later on kill Sydney? When, like you say, Billy could just be like, well, I've got what I wanted. <laughs> and then like then that's her and then, like the we just to terrorise her a little bit more for no reason we had to trick you for 10 minutes thinking that Billy was yeah. dead so that he can come back and kill you when he wasn't dead it's like uh, it, it seemed like an unnecessary twist <laughs> and then poor Stu like we said he's got to run around for half an hour killing everybody so uh, and that's me yeah, I'm out of low points other than that yeah, the same cool uh, one high point I kind of want to touch on you mentioned it briefly is the kind of what feels like backstory of Sydney's mum and Sydney's dad that actually is important to the actual story? Like, I think that's, that's well done in the film. It just feels like, here's why there's tension, here's why Sydney's concerned and all that. And that explains her. And it kind of goes away. And then it, the more the film goes on, the more the history between mums and dads and all that comes back into it. I think it's a nice way to do it. There's nothing like slut shaming somebody when they're dead, though. Still looks like she was whoring it around the town all the time. Once you've killed her, uh, as well, <laughs> as we find out. Anyway, that's that's it. That was high points. Uh, point four on the podcast, our statistics. I have kept track of the usual ones, and I've got a lot of bonus ones this week, which I'm quite excited about. Bonus. 
Cool. Shits, 24. F-bombs, 22. It was a close race towards the end. F-bombs started catching up. Half the swearing, I think, was Tatum. Rose McGowan must have got free reign just to say what she liked. <laughs> so I'm just swearing all the time. Explosions, none. There were no explosions in this film. Deaths. No. <laughs> Seven is what I've got. Uh, not including Sydney's mum, because she was dead before the film started, but her death comes into this. I reckon Sydney killed two, which she did. She killed the, like the two killers. Uh, at one point, who killed Billy changed hands about three times. Like they killed them, and he came back, killed them again, and killed them again. But Sydney put the final bullet in his head. So Sydney killed both of them. So there's five deaths as part of the serial killings. I think Stu only killed. Is it Kenny, the guy who works with Gail Weathers, the the the, the video recording? I think Billy did all the other killings. See, I've got the opposite. I googled who killed who. Ah, right. to the creators and stuff. Stu is the more serial killer. Right, okay. Because he killed Steve, Casey, Kenny, then Maureen. Well, so both I... Billy and Stu killed Maureen because he was apparently <laughs> raped and killed her. I went with Billy having killed Drew Barrymore and the boyfriend because, now, when you think about it, they're probably both there, but Tatum says later on that Stu was with her all last night. Like, her, his alibi was her. Yeah. But... Billy's alibi was very breathlessly appearing at Sydney's window after the murders had happened. So I thought maybe Billy had got done the both of them. See, I feel like I read it somewhere that, yeah, they were both there, but, like, Billy tried it, but she got away from him, and then, out of nowhere, Steve comes up and gets her. Uh, the other one was, obviously, when Stu's talking about the party, Billy's killing the principal, and he's the yeah. one that kills Tatum with the thingabee. Billy's, kids, Billy's kill, killing the principal, is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. And then Billy also does Tatum in the garage door. Yeah. Because Stu sent her there. Can you get me a beer? Aye. And goes off the direction, so Billy would be there waiting. So so you think, that three for Stu and three for Billy? Or two and three? Well, I'm, I'm counting Maureen for both of them, so it's like right, okay. three. Yeah, but my count, I think Billy did. Billy might have done the two at the beginning, but it's probably a shared thing when you think about it. Uh, and then Sydney's mum obviously is shared between them two. But yeah, only seven deaths in the film, and two of them were Sydney, killing the two killers in the end. Mm. Quotas, no cows, no goats, no dead animals at all. Pedophiles. The principal doesn't need to touch Sydney's face in the way that he does, does he? Like, <laughs> when did you well, do that? She comes in for the interview with the police. Like, oh, we know yeah. Sydney. Like, and then he goes, yes, Sydney, it's okay. And he just kind of goes, yeah. <laughs> like that, <laughs> grabs her by the chin. And a very ca- caresses her chin. It's like you are the headmaster of the school. You shouldn't be touching any pupils by the face. Oh yeah, like, speaking she of head, goes, I was about to say, very, so it's fine. You must have lucky over here because I don't remember any headmaster trying to stab me with scissors. <laughs> Call me a little shit. Uh, Henry Winkler is quite funny in this. <laughs> he will come yeah. up later on. Taco Berry trifecta. <laughs> Everybody runs in the whole film. Nobody rides a motorcycle as normal. Does Dewey get the girl? I'm not sure. He yeah. kind of gets the girl. If he does, then Dewey is the closest to Tom Cruise or to Tackleberry, I would say. Yeah. Oh, Billy he did get the girl for a while. Films. Billy got the girl, but he didn't, in the Tom Cruise sense, didn't get yeah. the girl. They did not drive off into the sunset. So, special stats. Chris, you can argue with me when you... Screams! I'm sure you counted them. 37. 37. You have 20 more than me. But that's because I was, I was very specifically going for screams. Like if someone went, no, 
that I googled it and it came up there was 37 screens in the film screen. Google shit. Yeah. Yeah. So somewhere, maybe 27, but yeah, I think that's, I think they've really over-egged it there. Answered phone calls, completed phone calls. I can't remember this one. I thought about it. 12 completed phone calls. Half of them are Drew Barrymore in the first, the first <laughs> scene, but there are 12 phone calls after that. Uh, that's including, like, the police station and, and everything from there on. The party lasts 42 minutes of the film. <laughs> this film is not even two hours long and 45, 42 minutes of the party. Why did that happen so quickly? Yeah, exactly. It took 21 nights to shoot it. it did, they did 21 consecutive uh, dusk to dawn filming. Oh, that'll be where Skeet's beard comes from. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Um, and for comparison, Drew Barrymore, her scene, her her scene, was the first five days of shooting. So her bit was done in five days at the very beginning, and then they did twenty one nights filming the rest of the party. I, mean, I feel like I could have shot that scene in about twenty five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because there's so many moving parts. I think that must be what it is. We do a podcast in a one day. Surely we could crank out three in like a day. Definitely. You've already mentioned it passing. Mentioned it passing, Andy. Actors' ages and what age they are playing. So David Arquette, he says in the film, I'm 25. I was 24, blah, 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 blah. It's a bit of a gag, a wink at Courtney Cox. He was 24 playing 25. So he was roughly the right sort of age. For comparison, at the time of filming, Courtney Cox, 32 she was. So I did not realise she was seven years older, eight years even older than David Arquette. Uh, so, so well played to David <laughs> uh, considering they got married not long after this time is her hottest period by the way on to the high schoolers all of these children are at high school in this, all these people I should say are in high school Drew Barrymore 21 years old playing a high schooler Neve Campbell 22 years old Rose McGowan 22 years old that's, that's the ladies sorted there the gents, slightly different story here. All the same age. Skeet Ulrich, Matthew Lillard, Jamie Kennedy, all playing high school students at the age of 26 years old. <laughs> They're older than Dwayne. Yeah, all <laughs> of them are older than David Arquette was. That's actually blown my mind, because David Arquette does look older in this. He does, yeah, he really does. Uh, do they say the thing? Do they say scream in the screen? Yes. Oh, yeah. They do it twice only. The first one is an hour and three minutes into the film where Randy describes Jamie Lee Curtis as the Scream Queen. And the second time is Gail's epilogue at the very end where she's like doing her news report wrap-up where she just says something about the news, something about the news and then a scream on a 911 call led to the serial killer, blah, blah, blah. That's it, the only two times you hear it. But do they say the thing, scary movie in the film Scream? Yes. Five times they say scary movie. The film was originally going to be called Scary Movie, uh, but they changed it to Scream, and then Scary Movie took the name Scary Movie. Chris, any other stats from you? Uh, apart from the other ones I said, uh, there's two nut shots. I only had one written down. One but... bottle of beer and one knee from uh, Drew Barrymore, I think. <laughs> bottle of beer, that's right, yeah. Uh, any others? Is that you? That's me. I've done the, the deaths and the 37 screams. Andy, do you have a fact for us? i got a fun fact. So... Billy Loomis was originally meant to be played by Ben Affleck. Really? <laughs> huh. Yeah. What age would he have yeah. been? Was he too young? <laughs> 40. Probably, but no, he, apparently he auditioned and apparently he was quite close to getting the role, but then I think he took something else around by the time. Probably, Which 
Because that this would have been off the back of mall rats. So you'd have done mall rats and probably went in to do this. Let's have a look. Ben Affleck. Yeah. I don't know if he did Phantoms. I'd be about that time. Let's see if I can find it. What was Ben Affleck doing in 1995-96? Let's see. Good uh... <clears throat> Hunting? Yeah. Why am I? Why is it only showing me producer credits? Where's his acting? Because <laughs> Affleck's good on everything. Oh. Let's see. Ah, taking forever. 1995-6. Mall Rats was 95. Right. Ah, Goodwill Hunting. Well, maybe he was working Goodwill Hunting. It came out in '97. This came out December '96. So yeah, maybe Goodwill Hunting is probably taking up all his time at that point. So probably the right choice for Ben Affleck. He was he, he made a career off of. Goodwill. I can watch better with Skeet though because he's got the, the evil eyes. <laughs> too too evil if anything. Uh, on a point five, the ten point podcast quiz as regularly happens. Andy has promised us the best quiz ever this week. <laughs> so. This one is called It's a Scream Baby. Ah, okay. And you might you might hear my audio being a bit weird because I went old school. So it's a simple quiz. You've got to t- name the film the Scream's from. Oh, right, okay. So I'm going to play an audio clip and you've got to tell me what the film is. Simples. Okay. Some are easy, some are hard. Who wants to go first? I went first last week, so it's Bruce's turn. Right, Bruce, here we go. Your first scream, hopefully you can hear it. I can hear it. I can play it again. <laughs> Please, one more time. One more time. I don't know what it is. One more time. Chris knows what it is. If Chris knows what it is, he's, he's going to step ahead of me. I have no idea. Uh, take a stab. I will take a stab at Scream. <laughs> it is not Scream, Chris. Do you want to try? Is it Jaws, where you get snapped in half? It's not Jaws. It was actually a film we've done. Misery. It's the hobbling. Ah, oh, the hobbling and misery. Right, broken. Boom. There you go. Right. We're off. Uh, right. We're off. Chris, you're one. Oh, that's Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> it's Mrs. Doubtfire. That's one, Chris. Straight away. Right, Bruce. Here's one for you. Give us that again. Play one more time. It sounds like a person says Jaws after it. I'm I'm hearing it as well. I don't know. Jurassic Park? Not Jurassic Park, Chris. Do you want to take a stab? Uh, Die Hard. It's not Die Hard. That was Gilmore. It was Chubbs falling out the window. He says Chubbs. Right, okay. (laughs) Chris, yours. Getting good things. It's a good one. Fuck, I have to go. I'm going to say Scary Movie. <clears throat> it's not Scary Movie, Bruce. You want to take a stab? That was my guess. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, the 40 year old virgin. No, it was accepted. Accepted? I'd like I've seen that. Never heard of it. <coughs> uh, Bruce and Me first. Right, here's Bruce. 
recognise that. <laughs> Can I have it again? <laughs> Is it something like Jackass? Not Jackass, no. Chris? Um, uh, Planet of the Apes. No, it was the Big Lebowski. When he's ah! in the... I've never seen it. Is it the marmot <laughs> in the bath? Is it that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Chris. Oh. <laughs> oh, I know who that is. I think. Is it Brendan Fraser? George of the Jungle. No, I don't. Not George the Jungle, Bruce. Fuck. Oh. Not George the Jungle. I'll give you a hint. Chris got the actor. 100% yeah, right. it is Brendan Fraser then. What was he? What's he in? It's not one of the mummies. I don't think. Is it like? Is it bedazzled or something like that? Is that what it's it called? is bedazzled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. I was. Uh, uh, I would not. Have that. Who are we going for? Is it Chris? Chris. <laughs> No, I know that one. Oh, what is that? I know it. Oh, damn it. I feel like Chris is going to nab this. Chris, no, Chris knows what it is, but I know what it is as well. Oh, pass. Oh, it's annoying me. Just let Chris have it. It's an official pass. Yeah, hold on. Ah, that's what it is. It's Marv. Uh, Chris. That's it, Anchorman. <laughs> I think I'm having a glass case of emotion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Chris knows he's saying. Chris is amazing at some of these things. <laughs> oh, can I get that one again? Is that the Batman? Not the Batman. Chris. Rincon. Not King Kong, it was Die Hard with a Vengeance, it was Samuel Jackson screaming in a taxi. All right, oh. sounded like the penguin when his car's getting flipped upside <laughs> down in the back. Uh, where are we going next? Who's, who's it's Chris first. All right, nice easy one for you, Chris. Star Wars? Not Star Wars, Chris. Can I, can I get it again? It is. Had to tell me the answer. <laughs> is it Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? The Matrix. No, Chris, do you want to take another stab? No, for points. It's not the Matrix. It was. Oh, it's not. I falling over in Austin Powers. Oh, I thought it was going it? in the Matrix with the stuff good did. I don't know these noises out of context. This is not this is not my forte. Couple more each. Uh, where we're we going is it Bruce starts this time. Is it me first, I think. Yeah, I need to get both these. I think. Oh, oh. oh. oh, oh. oh, oh. oh, oh. 
honestly, you could play the same one, and I probably wouldn't get the answer right. Uh, <laughs> Alien. Nope, that end bit gives it away when he says "Don't move." It's Jurassic Park. Oh, is it? It's Jurassic. God damn! Guess that twice. I've definitely lost. So <laughs> give us another one. A few more anyway. I don't know who's next, but who is next? Chris. <laughs> I'm going to say Scream. It's got to be here at some point. Not Scream, you're close. Ah. Is that a scary movie? That was a scary movie. Hey! Was killed. And this is the last one. Ah! Is that Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom? That's not Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. It's not like Indiana Jones in short rounds making the same noise. Um, I've got no idea for that. Oh. It's the goodies. <laughs> it was oh, the goodies. Yeah. goodies, yeah. It's 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 schla and chunk, isn't it? <laughs> right. uh, Chris dominated there. It, it won by two in the end, but yeah, right. Chris. I don't know. He's uh, he's exceptional. He, he knows these uh, random streams. That took too long to put together. Oh, it's sensational. Well, that's 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 really good stuff. I'm, I'm sorry I'm so bad at it. That's, uh, <laughs> uh, point six on the 10-point podcast, movies within movies. Chris is the keeper of the 10-point podcast universe, and I do not have the ability to argue with him this time, so he's going to have to be right. I'll rattle through a couple of these. Uh, so Francis Lee McCain, who was Mrs. Riley, it was in the Gremlins as Lynn Peltzer. Who's Mrs. Riley? Oh, is that Joey's yeah. mum? Oh, yeah. So she was, yeah. <laughs> Uh, W.L. Brown, who was Kenny, was then being John Malkovich. He's the first one that goes inside the, the customer. And goes <laughs> right. Inside the okay, that's a good one. Uh, you've already said it. Uh, Courtney Cox uh, was uh, Master of the Universe. Skeet Ulrich has been in Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles as one of the thugs. That's right. I did see that. Yeah. yeah. And lastly, Kevin Patrick Walls, who was Steve, was in Blade as Krieger. Right. Okay. Huh. <laughs> So quite a lot of crossover. I feel like we're getting to the point now where there's always going to be half a dozen in every film we do. Yeah. We've done that many films. Uh, have you recast us into roles in the film, Chris? I think this one was quite tough because any of us could be anybody. But I, to- I put myself as Randy. Like I'm, I'm the guy at parties who uh, was back in the days more interested in watching films and beers and I was trying to chat with girls. I can, I can see by the shake of the head that's who you are. It's me. I'm Randy. I'm sorry. That's how I go about life is how Randy goes about this movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I put Andy as Kenny, the camera and tech guy. I did that as well, yeah. Uh, I put you... Um, I see, like At the end, I see you going full Billy. Like, <laughs> right, okay. Watch yeah. the, one too many shitty films and you're going to go and just kill on people quoting the films as you do it. That might be the difference, yeah. You could be the Randy and I could be the Billy, yeah. I had you as Dewey, Chris, where I went. <laughs> I had myself as Dewey first, actually. Give off the Dewey vibes. <laughs> yeah. We could fight over who was, who was Randy. Chris coming out with his vacuum cleaner. Uh, okay, so I went back to an old favourite because this film outright mentions so many films. Like Normally I do references, oh, this means that, and that's implying this. This literally says the title of Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th Part 2, The Exorcist, Basic Instinct, All the Right Moves, Candyman, Shows Frankenstein, that's what's playing, Boris Carlos Frankenstein's playing in the video store, The Howling, Prom Night, 
The Town That Dreaded Sundown, Evil Dead, Hellraiser, The Fog, Terror Train, Casper, Silence of the Lambs, Trading Places, Psycho, and Carrie. All of those films are mentioned by name, the exception of Frankenstein, but they show the film. And then they show Halloween as well, but they, they mention that. So yeah, Wes Craven likes the Yeah, and Freddy Krueger was there as well, but yeah. Nightmare on Street was mentioned too. And then they also mentioned, what is it the... Uh, Tatum talks about Wes Carpenter, the famous horror director, which is obviously two two directors mixed together. Could this film have come out in 1995? Absolutely. Just yeah. the release date a year and it would have been there. So the same cast it would have been fine. And also they'd all be a year younger. I was going to say they'd younger as well. Dead Man Walking. I feel like, despite knowing what happens in the film, Tatum was always going. Like, she was absolutely there as cannon fodder. She was... She's serial killer fodder, I should say. Mm. She was always going, who's in the wrong movie? I've gone for Skeet Ulrich because well, he himself admitted he didn't know it was part satire, comedy, until he filmed his scenes with Matthew Lillard because <laughs> everything's quite serious with him outside of that. Like him and Sidney don't have any jokey scenes together. Mm. And then he's not in the ghost face outfit. It's a stuntman. So Skeet Ulrich's scenes are all quite serious without much laughs. So I feel like he actually was acting a different movie until we got to the party, and then he saw what Matthew Lillard was doing. He was like, oh, we're doing that kind of film, are we? So I'm good for him. But also because everybody else is kind of fine, really. They're all, they're all right. So that's my one. The Trope Needs to Die. I have very much struggled with this one because this film's all about movie tropes. So yeah. The one I went for, as I put uh, doorbell ringers or knockers that are faster than The Flash, because... When the the principal gets killed, he's literally knock knock, opens the door and they're gone. So either he's knocking on the back of a, the cupboard somewhere or <laughs> yeah. something. But yeah, people were able to move quicker than is humanly possible upon finding out that they are a human. Like if this had been some sort of ghost that was ghost faced, you could yeah. explain it away. But they're just two people, so they can't do all that stuff. What about you, Andy? Have you got any tropes that need to die? Mine's is. It's the basics, right? If you've got two fridges and you have a party, what you do is you automatically empty the kitchen fridge into the the garage fridge and then put all the beers into the kitchen fridge. Anything, too many any- movies don't do that. And it always yeah. ends badly. Anything anyone wants should be easy to access, not difficult to yes. access. Very good. Cool. Uh, again, bad. <laughs> I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll double down on Chrissy's trope and say, yes, people doing things like that. Uh, point seven is that one thing in honour of City Slickers. The one thing this film has that it will always have that makes it good. Uh, I'm going to stick with the, the Drew Barrymore bait-and-switch opening it's scene. Exactly I was going to open. Yeah, I'll never forget that. It's, it's perfectly done as well, so it's like I, I can't say any more about it. And it's the, oh yeah, Drew Barrymore, she's only in the opening scene in the killer off. It's quite good. Hey, what about you, Chris? Uh, I'll agree with you, but just out of sheer differences. But when I think of this film, I think of Matthew Lillard. Right, okay. So I, I do agree with you as the Drew Barbour is the, the icon of this film. I think that's the one thing it has where famous actress killed off. I don't know if it'd be the first film that did that, but it would have to be an early film to have killed off famous actress straight away. So, like even if you take her over, it's just a great opening. It's well rememberable. So that's yeah. like that opening sequence. Yeah. On to point eight, our nominations for the Ten Point Podcast Awards at the end of the season. Chris, you lead us off and we chime uh, in if you're right or wrong. Okay, I put best actress Neve Campbell. Me too. It's actually pretty good in this, yeah. yeah. Um, I put best supporting as Matthew Lillard, but I'll, I'll disagree with myself and put Drew Barrymore because talk about it, she is really good. 
Fair enough. I would I would talk it out of Matthew Lillard, so I'll I'll take Drew Barrymore if you want. <laughs> uh, most underused, uh, Henry Winkler. Uh, I went I went Danny John Jules for most unexpected because I forgot it was him, but he is definitely also most underused. Yeah, Unless I you want to go is... leave Schreiber, who is shown yeah. on the television for one scene and doesn't come into it till at least the next film, but it might even be the film yeah. after that. But uh, uh, so, most underused. What's underused, I think. Yeah. But yeah, Henry but then, in there. It gets overused in the episode. Yes, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. It does, yeah. Uh, best badass, I put Sydney. Okay. Because she takes the two of them down herself at the end. She does. She does. She turns into a badass yeah. at the end. Uh, best team, Billions 2. I suppose so, yeah. Although, <laughs> it kind of imploded at the end. But yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah. Look, how, look how happy they were just seconds before disaster behind yeah. Chris. Oh. Deep inside each other. <laughs> Uh, biggest bell end. The way Tatum speaks to Dewey is uncalled for. That's a mm-hmm. brother who is a, a person of the law and she speaks to him like his little child. I've got Stu. I could not suffer Stu. Like, <laughs> he would be like the one in my social group that I just like, oh, it's Stu coming. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he could come with the fight. Ah, is he coming? Yeah, I'm not coming anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'll do uh, Andy, you're the, is it Stu or is it Tatum? Or a third person? No, I'm gonna go Stu because he is he is annoying one of the <laughs> He is a villain, I'm sorry. Uh, okay, best villain I put Billy and Stu. It's, it's Ghostface, Billy? really. If you want to say Ghostface is the villain of Scream, I think it's Ghostface. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, it is the two that obviously it is them. And ultimately, speaking of content in this film, Ghostface never gets caught. He's always back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He could be many people. But yeah, <laughs> the, the 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 villain poster child of Ghostface is is more of a better villain than the two there. I'll accept that. It's also, uh, also you can't agree I'm throwing in before Chris carries on because it's to do with Ghostface. Best Halloween costume. <laughs> I went best costume Ghostface. So yeah. I ah, see, I went uh, Freddy Krueger's jumper. <laughs> it was awful. It was horrible <laughs> though. It was like the worst. Like if you went to the same shop as they buy the Ghostface outfits from, you'd get that Freddy Krueger outfit. I used terrible. to have one, but it obviously doesn't fit me anymore, so I got rid of it. I've got a ghost. That was one. Ha- That's another thing. What what Ghostface is the easiest Halloween costume you can get. I've got uh, the amount of them that go about at Halloween is crazy. It's so simple, and it's like yeah, you can't go wrong. Uh, best death, I put Tatum's. Yeah, yeah, it's the one I remember, so I've gone that one. Unless you uh, want to say Drew Barrymore's, but. Like her, her actual death is really vividly crossed over with Carmen Electra's death in Scary Movie with me, because they just rip it off. Yeah, but yeah, Tatum's is more more memorable as a. Oh yeah, that's the film where she was squished in the cat flap. Uh, stupidest character I put Dewey. Could be. Quite yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. I've got him he as is. best cop. Though. Uh, you could argue. Yeah. You could argue worse. I'm happy yeah. to have worst cop, but yeah. the whole lot of them are worse. Especially going by the rest of the films, he is pretty shit. Yeah, I really like the scene. I forgot to mention it, where he's talking to like the police chief outside the police station in a sort of kind of <laughs> film noir kind of way, and he's smoking away the bag, and Drew's got a strawberry ice cream, <laughs> just licking away on the ice cream. It's like I don't know why it was so funny, and then the music was really good. It's like I don't know this like classic movie music in the background. It was amazing. Uh, okay, I put best in an object. It was a bought hair away from being uh, Stu's tongue because that was a monster of a tongue. But but it's inanimate because it's, it's attached. It's, to it. it's animate, I would say. Yeah. So I put uh, Cindy's cupboard door because it saved her life. <laughs> cupboard door. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it'll win the the pointy, but fair enough. <laughs> well, I mean, like it's saved her life. I do. Yeah. Uh, my best plan. 
stewing bellies because it was literally almost flawless. <sighs> it's flawed. I'm sorry. Worst <laughs> plan. So I had worst plan. It's not planning a high school party when there's a serial killer going around killing everyone after curfew because Stu <laughs> plans the party. So that's mm. actually a good idea. But it's going to that party if we're not him. That was a bad plan until Billy fatally injures Stu before they finish the setup of their plan. It's like they had Sydney and the dad in the room together. All we've got to do is kill her, frame him, and then we pretend to be hurt. Oh, so yeah, Billy's mad and starts stabbing Stu. It's like, oh yeah, this is the way they'll trust us. So that's the worst plan, and that's part of their plan, I thought, or at least the execution of their plan. So I think it's a bad plan because of how they end it. Okay. I mean, uh, my worst plan I put Casey constantly answering the phone, but you obviously thought put more thought into your worst plan than I did. <laughs> <laughs> more than Billy and Stu did by the end. Of yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, is it a good twist? That is Billy. Yeah, I think Stu? so. First like, time. Twist because I did not expect the fact that it's Billy and Stu. That's yeah. the good twist. That it's two of them because I'm not a massive horror movie guy, but I don't think there's too many kind of people pretending to be one person killers. But I could be yeah. wrong. Uh, biggest jump scare. It was the chair going through the window at the start because it yeah. shipped me right up. But then I forgot about the big scream right at the end. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. So I'm putting that. <laughs> when you least suspect it at the end of the film. Yeah, I thought that was it. And then fucking Ghostface jumps up and they're screaming and it shit me right up. Uh, best special effects was Casey and her boyfriend's deaths. All the guts hanging Right, up. yeah, good point. Yeah, that was one of the things that's cut in the, the, the shorter version is there's less emphasis on the two of their guts pouring out. Uh, best cameo? Oh, that's not the best cameo, but I put Linda Blair as... She yeah, she's the one... She's a reporter asks... Like, uh, so you're just been brutally murdered. Oh, is that you know, her? Is it? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's that's a good cameo. That's a great, that's perfect cameo. That's a good cameo. I, I, I missed it. That's my own ignorance that I I, I missed that cameo. Uh, okay, I agree with Dad John Jules as Henry Winkler. I forget he's in it every time. Yeah. Uh, Michael Peña Award. Uh, keep explaining why he's doing it. Rules like, for the was... horror movies. Yeah. Uh, All oh, right. Fair enough. Avoid. Uh, worst final figure is her dad leaving on a busy trip business trip while there's a murder on the loose. Yep, yep. Absolutely. Uh, best voice work, I'm putting Roger Jackson as a phone caller. Being Ghostface, yeah, that's good. Originally meant to just be a placeholder, but they liked what he did, so they kept it for all the films. <laughs> it would have been flawed if it wasn't the fact when they used the machine, they sounded nothing like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, my best line was, uh, you hit me with the phone, dick. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, blah 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 blah. Most cop I put Dewey. I think it's fair. I just stuck him in best cop because, because. But yeah, he's pretty bad. Best song, uh, Red Right Hand, because I always think of Dumb and Dumber and this with it. Apparently, it's the theme song for Peaky Blinders or something like that. Apparently, yeah, I came yeah, up I with found that. Google, but yeah, uh, yeah, really, I, I didn't know that was a song. I thought that was just the music in Scream. But yeah, yeah, Red Right Hand, Bennett Cave. Uh, I'll concede best costume is Ghostface. Uh, worst hair, Billy's, which I am rocking <laughs> horribly and I hate it. <laughs> and I am done, I think. Right, you missed some. Uh, not that one there. I'm back to pro- I'll do have a product placement, Andy, if you've forgotten about that. So I'll come back to that. 
most annoying kid. He's at high school, so Stu, he counts as most annoying kid. <laughs> uh, and then I went, oh, I went best villain Ghostface, but I actually went worst villain Billy and Stu because of how badly they butcher well themselves at the end. But I'll save confusion. Actually, only one you've missed other than that. Worst acting. Now, I have three nominees for worst acting that I've come up with here. And you could argue, you could tell me I'm wrong. So Matthew Lillard, because I think you're on a film. But, okay, he's one. Skeet Ulrich is really trying hard at some points. But Rose McGowan has some real stinkers of deliveries. At, at various oh, that's points. fair. She's probably one of our better films, so... Rose McGowan, she's the, like the scary movie thing. She should be in scary movie. Why is she in the actual film? Like she should be parodying somebody else, being a sort of brain dead, sort of bleach blonde uh, girl in school. Um, would Rose McGowan be the worst actor then? For her? I would say so. Okay. Cool. Uh, and then I think that's just product placement for me. Andy, what's the best product placement? I do have an answer. Uh, it's close to the popcorn because I can't remember the popcorn. I went is, Jiffy Pop. Jiffy Pop. I went for that. It's that, and the other thing is every single TV they're watching is a Sony TV. Right, that's a good show. Oh. That's a good show. Uh, and, and one of them is wearing Adidas trainers, but for me it's Jiffy Pop because they literally zoom right in. Yeah, to the... yeah that, that's the one for me. Uh, is that us? All our nominees? Loads of nominees. They're on to point nine, the moral of the story. What lesson were we supposed to learn from the movie Scream? Andy, what's your moral of the story? Uh, don't, don't bang other people's Mums. Ah, that's a good shout. <laughs> that's a good shout, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, not a serial killing. I've got a couple. The one that says in the movie is uh, movies don't create cycles, they just make them more creative. Ah. But I put um, caller ID is the best thing since sliced bread. Uh, I thought... <laughs> Can I imagine your phone just says ghost face? Like a yeah, guy. <laughs> serial killer. Potential yeah. spam. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> I believe use of caller ID in America went up by 11 times or something like that after this film. It was something mad like that. People started using caller ID. Uh, my moral story was just watch scary movies because the people who survived kind of knew what they were doing and the rules to abide by in scary movies. Point 10 on the podcast. This is the 10 point rating where we rate the film out of 10. I picked it. I get to go first. I think I like this film more than it is good. But I've, I very much enjoyed it. I, I, me being such a sort of movie geek i like films that talk about movies a lot in them. Mm. so this one gets extra bonus points and it never fails to entertain me so i'm going to give it a seven out of ten for screen because it's basically a kind of it set out a new kind of movie as this horror movie as well films were trying to be like screen after this so andy because you had just watched this i've got you as being next right so i've had to do my score in completely differently like i normally would <laughs> because obviously i have the whole rule of other films do it better and stuff like that. Where this one's actually an exception, where scary movie pretty much ruined this film. It did, yeah. <laughs> so I, I am genuinely going to take out scary movie out of the equation and pretend it didn't exist, and go back to when I first watched this film, which I never have done in ratings. I always go from the last time I watched it. But the first time I watched this, I really enjoyed it before scary movie, so it gets a seven from me as well. Seven from Andy as well. But. but if I go for the scary movie rating, I've seen this film too many times. Other films have done it way better, so we get four. Four, right. right. It's lucky, but it gets a seven. Uh, Chris, what about you? Uh, I pretty much agree with you. Like, this is one of the first horror films I actually remember watching back when I was a kid. I said kids were younger. But um, 
It's still absolutely better. I, I loved all the little horror uh, nods, like you were saying, Bruce. So, yeah, I could watch it again and again. It's got a seven for me as well. Seven as well. That was easy enough. There we go. Officially a seven out of ten for Scream. Very simple. There we go. An above average film. Very watchable. Probably the best one we've watched this season so far. I think it might be leading, I would say. Yeah, not easy. What's my theme, if you want to guess? Den of Thieves and Scream. That is my, my theme. My, my films. Right. People it's, dying? It's not. Is your, well, see, I was going to say some more thing. Like, is it like the main cast die? Oh, I thought of that. No, it's not that. No, it's not. Not a bunch That's... of deaths. <laughs> <My aunt. laughs> uh, it could be a friend. I was thinking like 100%. It's like, Ah, pretty much the entire main cast die. They'll bleed Twists. out, at least. My next film will not change your mind, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, but after that, it might get a bit wonky, I think. But yeah, uh, almost. But yeah, that's not true. Again, I'll, I'll go away because it's, it, it's it's not not the best theme ever, so it's not, it's not wait too long on it. Next time is Chris and his theme of Unfinished Business. Uh, I've had to change it slightly because... Oh, no. I've got the, the no, it's not. It's still kind of unfinished business. Right. Films I've been wanting to pick for a while, but I always follow somebody who's picked a serious film, which leads me into comedies. So I'm trying to stay away from comedies. That's fine. Just now, because that's what my last few picks have been kind I of. I mean, Scream so, is not the most serious film ever. I was going to say Scream was not a comedy, and what did I pick last time? Uh, last time you picked the uh, off all the Bruce. So like, as like as is always quite serious. So like, Dead of Thieves was the last one I followed. Then it was Scream, so I try to stick away from comedy. So a film that I haven't seen for years, and for me, is an absolute belt. Under Siege. Under Siege, oh. my God. Early nineties. Steven Seagal. Never done him before, have we? He's a first time appearance. Really? I have at most seen it once. I would say at most seen it once. Under Siege. I'm going to go check it out so it can set me up for the second one. <laughs> All right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, 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 that's a belief. My belief is that yeah, it's one of these rarities where the second film is easily better than the first film, if I, if I remember rightly. But yeah, I reckon I've maybe seen it once before. Uh, any further comment on Under Siege or Scream, or shall we crack on? I've literally just came to me today out of nowhere, by the way. So yeah. unfinished business. Why? Why Under Siege? It's just you wanted to pick it. I've wanted to pick it for ages. It's because um, like the first season, I don't think I had a theme, but all my picks got used up and then second one I started a theme of films I had never seen before and then I've, there's been a theme it's just always hampered what I've wanted to pick so so your unfinished business is it's just been on your list and you want to unfinish it I, I, yes yeah. very much <laughs> right well there you have it that's why you're watching Under Siege uh, you all got seven days to find that give it a watch and we'll see you next time on the table. Point <laughs>